Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode with Playing With Squirrels. This week, I am joined by a former Boy Meets World podcaster, uh, Nick Conley, uh, who used to do the Kid Gets Acquainted with the Universe podcast. Uh, how many episodes of that did you run, Nick? Uh, this is a good question. We ended up doing the entire series of Girl Meets World, um, but the last season we did, uh, we did like two episodes summing up the entire season. But for the first two seasons, we did an episode for every episode of Girl Meets World. Um, what we did on that podcast was we compared uh, an episode of Girl Meets World to an episode of Boy Meets World and sort of reviewed them both and did like a contrast and compare. So, um, Which but, makes sense because I remember when I watched the first season feeling like it was a lot of rehashing of the first two or three seasons of Boy Meets World. That's what I figured. With with seven seasons of Boy Meets World, there would always be something that would kind of be close to anything that they did, especially because I knew they were using the same writers and everything. So I figured they'd do a lot of that. Um, And a lot of weeks it did work out really well where there was uh, almost like mirror episode of each one. Um, But uh, there were definitely episodes that uh, were unique and that didn't have a counterpart. uh, And those were pretty interesting. And we would just do the best we could with trying to match up themes or whatever. Uh, My buddy, my friend Jenny, who's previously been on the show, used to do the 90s TV Hour podcast. And that's kind of where this podcast spawned from because she would review two shows from the 90s that had a similar like theme or concept. And the joke whenever I was on the show was no matter what theme she picked, there was always a Boy Meets World episode to go with it. <laughs> right. Um, so that kind of was where I was like, you know what? On the side, I'm going to do a Boy Meets World podcast. Yeah, seven seasons will get you a lot of content to, it, uh, to play with. It will, but I feel like, and I've been saying this this entire season, uh, you got to get through this first season, though, because I feel like the first season is fine for what it is, but it is definitely the later seasons where you get into the the nitty-gritty elements of Boy Meets Worlds. when I went through and did a rewatch, I actually found a new appreciation for the earlier episodes. And um, I'm finding because the that thing appreciation is, is they... now. Like, I, I <clears throat> yeah. do appreciate, but I definitely think that the when you think of Boy Meets World and the stuff that you, like, Absolutely, love and remember, yeah. it's definitely, like, seasons three and beyond. <laughs> Right, yeah. No one, no one remembers uh, season one episodes as their, you know, go-to. Um, and and I was listening to uh, your podcast, and and you mentioned the, the fact of, and this is something I never brought up on ours with any of the guys brought up. 
Corey's whole sports obsession, which just kind of dissipates <laughs> after the first season. But it's like a major part of that first season. And uh, and it just kind of completely goes away. And I never even thought about it until you mentioned it in your podcast. And now it's it's especially watching this episode super apparent. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So the episode we're watching aired December 10th, 1993. Uh, Santa's Little Helper. Um, and I, as far as I can tell from my rewatching, unless I skip something, this is actually the first episode that ever acknowledges Sean being poor. Um, prior to this, he was just Corey's really cool friend who, like, you know, maybe didn't have the family life that Corey had. But this is the first one where it's like, oh, Sean might not have a Christmas this year because his family right. is so in in the negatives. And the interesting thing, too, is is this is the episode Sean becomes poor because, you know, uh, Alan says that his dad got laid off and everything like that. But when you go into the later episodes, they always kind of reference it like he's always been poor. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of a retcon uh, yeah. or, or they sort of pushed him in that direction and then just sort of brushed over it and said, oh, yeah, it's always been that way. Uh, which they did with a lot of stuff, but uh, it was say, interesting to of, see him do that. A lot of season one has gotten retconned, I think. Yeah, between, right. Be- between Sean always being poor, Corey's love of sports, the relationship timeline of Corey and Topanga, mm-hmm. uh, Eric's intelligence level, like all of that gets retconned yeah. in like the next two seasons. <laughs> um, Slowly, too, not all at once. No, no, uh, it's it's piece by piece. Even um, Morgan. <laughs> Even she poor gets, Morgan gets retconned as a completely different actress. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, <laughs> so the the one thing that kept popping in my head is I just finished rewatching uh, Stranger Things, and there's a bunch of different friends don't lie moments <clears throat> in this uh-huh. episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I, I watched Stranger Things too, and and I love the. Uh, the 80s nostalgia of that show, and it's it's sort of comparable when you go back and watch Boy Meets World w- to see that 90s nostalgia, you know. Yeah, the clothing in some of these. This episode aired in 93, you said, so I would have been 11 when this aired. And, and uh, I, you know, I grew up with this show. I, I remember watching the first episode of it at my buddy's house at a sleepover, you know. <laughs> and a lot of times we did sleepovers on Friday nights, so a lot of times I would end up over there and – you know, we both love Topanga and and, uh, you know, there, you just have a lot of memories tied into the show uh, because, you know, you're going through the same things that they're going through. We were the same age. Uh, actually, I think we're one year younger than the actors, but the actors, I think, were playing our age. Um, so literally we were right there with them the entire way, uh, aside from the, the time jump that they go through. But. Yeah, that was the other thing that I'm trying to find out when I do this rewatch is there's definitely a point where they just skip a year. <laughs> I think it's between I think it's between the first and second season cuz I think second season no, no, they go into high school third season, don't they? I think so. I, yeah. I don't remember cuz I get it mixed up with uh Girl Meets World because in Girl Meets World I think they go to high school in the second season. And there's there's kind of timeline issues with that too and they only had 3 seasons. So uh, yeah, it's but, very weird because it's definitely they're in sixth grade right now, and they're in college by the sixth season. So like that yeah. math, there's a year that is missing somewhere. Um, right. So let's talk about what the what the uh, main focus of this episode is. Is your your A storyline is Corey finding out that Sean doesn't have money. Feeney's just taught the Christmas Carol, and Corey is trying to 
help Sean have a good Christmas, but as Feeney later points out, he's kind of doing it for the reward of being thanked more than generosity in the beginning. Right. And it's kind of funny that they bring up the Christmas Carol and they talk about that and you get that right in the opening, uh, you know, right in the beginning of the episode. Um, but they don't do a Christmas Carol, uh, no. which is kind of what you expect. You know, you, you get the lesson at the beginning and then the the episode plays out to teach them the lesson that they were that Feeney was teaching at the beginning of the episode. And they don't do that at all. No, um, it's I mean, awesome, they teach actually. a Christmas lesson, but they don't do like a, parody uh, a Christmas, of the Christmas Carol, Carol, which yeah. you totally expect them to do. Yeah. And this is I, what I really like about this, because I have watched this show a ton and I usually do skip the first season. So I think it's in the second or third season, the Christmas episode ends with Mr. Feeney reading to just the Matthews family a Christmas carol. Yeah, so, yeah. in, in future, uh, future Christmas episodes, they yeah. do end up doing it. And it's, I, I think it keeps him with this good mythology of you know, how important that story seems to be for Feeney and, and yeah. how he brings that into the Matthews life. And it's like a subtle thing, but it's a thing I appreciate. I actually enjoyed the B story much more in this episode, which is <laughs> focusing on Morgan being terrified that she murdered Santa Claus. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Um, which just has a few of the good <clears throat> one-liners in it, and uh, it makes me think of all of my nieces and nephews and their awesome photos when they're young and just terrified of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. And and you also get a lot of Eric and Amy playing off of each other, which um, – and I, as I was watching the episode, I was like, man, yeah, Eric and Amy, you really don't get to see them do much you know, in later seasons with each other. But then I thought about it and I, I think I'm wrong. I think I'm just misremembering that because if I remember – I mean Eric and Amy played, each other, played off each other quite a bit. Um, but it just seemed so much different in this episode, I think probably because you've got normal Eric. So you've got this real family dynamic going on between him and Amy where he's not just being wacky and, and she's kind of playing the straight man in it. it. They really seemed like a mother and son, you know, trying to console, uh, Morgan, you know, through what's going on. So it was really interesting. And it, one of the things about this show is the characters have such an unpolished realism to them. Uh, and I think that's what made the show so unique. You know, in all the other shows, you get shows like Full House or whatever. The, the characters are so uh, sitcom y, you know. Uh, and in, and in this show, in Boy Meets World, they sort of become that in the future seasons, and it, it doesn't make it a bad thing. But the, the earlier seasons really, like I said, have that unpolished realism that's it's it's kind of weird because it's like you're not watching a sitcom, but you're you're actually watching a real family. It's weirdly like if you watch the first couple seasons of Real World before Puck became a thing. <laughs> and I never watched any of Real World. So. It's 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 bizarre. Because <laughs> like yeah, but it does. Early... You're right though. It does seem almost like reality TV. Yeah, like the original like two seasons of the Real World, it was just people in an apartment, and it seemed very genuine. Like it was the closest thing to actual reality TV. Right. And then you throw in this one character Puck, who's crazy <clears throat> and wacky, and then from that point on, every future season of Real World needed that crazy wacky guy to like balance the show off right. of. Interestingly enough, they do kind of throw that into the the B storyline as well. You get that with the elf. Yeah. You know, the elf actually ends up coming to the Matthews house uh, for the ridiculous reason of uh, because Santa had a heart attack, you didn't get your picture with Santa. So I, a mall elf, drove from the mall <laughs> to your house 
to give you back your like eight dollars <laughs> or whatever it was. And and he wasn't even you know. And the whole point of it was that the elf was a douchebag, you know. So that's especially another reason why this elf is totally just going to go to the like you know corner store and buy a pack of cigarettes or something, and he's totally not going to give them their eight dollars. Well, and that's the uh, thing that I think really started to define the show. It's you only see it every once in a while in the first season, but like in the future seasons, it's so weird because it's such a reality-based show with such a crazy fantastical side life going on in episodes. Where and they make it work. They, it, they blend it so well. Um, it, it's really cool how they do it. And, and, and it's sort of integral because that's what makes them able to in the later seasons. And well, even in this season, because they do it in this episode, they sort of weave in the drama with the comedy and they can switch back and forth even in the same episode. And it doesn't seem off. Uh, and I think that's really the the trick that they got uh, to making this show as great as it was. It's It's what Family Matters tried to do and was unsuccessful with was like once Family Matters started to get more and more into like how crazy can Steve Urkel get. Yeah, they it, went too crazy. Well, they focused too much on, on Steve. Yeah, it uh, lost it lost Urkel, the reality yeah. elements of it. Whereas right. like what I love about this show, especially in the in the dumb Eric years, is that <clears throat> despite Eric being dumb, there's still an element of the person that we see in this episode that is a person who loves and cares about his family. Right. Like I, I always flash back to one of the very last episodes, but you know, the where the name of this episode or this podcast came from, the plays with squirrels thing. Like mm-hmm. Eric is the wacky guy who when he sees his friendships starting to crumble is the person who takes it the most seriously of like right. this and, cannot and- happen. And they they do that too. Like you get like one or two episodes a season where they would pull Eric back, even in the later seasons where they'd pull him back and let you know that he's being wacky on purpose. You know, there'd be an episode like with him and Corey where they would have a, you know, some sort of dramatic thing would happen. And at the end of it, you know, he would become normal for just a little bit and to let just enough to let you know that I'm doing this on purpose. But usually, you know, he's like, but see what I, I got you to do because of it. You know, see how I made you feel or see what I made you get in touch with, which which uh, I think is just really cool. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm wacky, but I'm doing this for a reason and I'm doing it on purpose. And one for the fun of it. But but usually there was, you know, some and they they brought that into Girl Meets World as well in the few episodes that he was in by, you know, having him be wacky and then sort of pulling him back at the end of it. And so I've said this in future uh, in previous episodes, but. The one, the biggest shame that pops into my head when I watch these early episodes is how much <clears throat> it sucks that Minkus didn't stick around because Lee Norris is so good as Minkus. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I, I, I heard that. Yeah, you had this conversation in in one of your other episodes, and I I, I thought Minkus was fine, but honestly, he wasn't a character that I really missed that much. Um, I feel like they. They did definitely miss out on some potential by bringing him in maybe a couple episodes a season to do something with him. Yeah, I just think it's um, unfortunate because I think that he puts in, as far as acting, puts in probably one of the best performances he, yeah, every time I agree. That he's on screen. Like, I agree. But when you've got characters like that, I think that the issue would, would become after uh, after a couple of seasons, he would start to get 
grading and they would have to change his character, which is what they did in Girl Meets World. Uh, sorry to keep referencing that. I don't know how much you do that, but no, that's um, fine. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> but where in Girl your World, expertise yeah. is as well. <laughs> well, I mean, we just did it because we love Boy Meets World so much. That's why we wanted to do that. And Girl Meets World never lived up to the potential that it could have been. Um, but, and that's mostly tied into Disney, but but they had that exact situation. They they brought in the Mikas's mirror character on that was Farkle, which is Mikas's son. Yeah. And he starts off as this uber mega nerd who was just really annoying from the get go. And kids loved it. I mean, when whenever I would talk to kid fans or, or kids would talk to me about the show, he was always their favorite character. And none of us on the podcast who were all adults could stand him. He was really <laughs> annoying. Um, but what they did was after like the first season and a half, they changed his character almost completely around. Um, and I think it's because they had to, because once you do that character for a certain period of time, it gets old. Um, and I think they would have ran into that with Minkus. So I think Minkus is, uh, so, uh, revered as a character because he was only there for that one season and they didn't, uh, beat him into the ground. Uh, I think that's why, you know, that works out so well for him. So I have, I have one note, in in uh, my my stack of notes here that just says um, fucking Minkus <laughs> because <laughs> he's such he's so strict on the rules <laughs> right in that one scene and I'm just like oh come on Minkus but and I, I noticed that too and it was totally to set up though the fact that they had to specify that Sean was the last one on the list and Minkus was the first because in the next scene Feeney goes all your names are here from Minkus all the way to Mr. Hunter, you know, so they had to specify all his names last, even though they really didn't need to. But it's kind of nice that they added that little detail in there, uh, you know, to kind of make that make sense, uh, which is something, you you know, no one ever does uh, when you're when they're writing. So that's that was actually kind of nice. But I did I did see that they were doing that. It actually built to probably the um, the moment that got me the most choked up. Well, there was two moments actually back to back. But when um, Sean wishes Minkus a Merry Christmas and there's a very genuine moment where Minkus just says, really? And it's like that moment, like it's like that, you know, that (laughs) olive branch that he never expects, like is so good. And then, (laughs) I mean, I think the, the line that really sums up this entire episode right as Sean's leaving and they ask him if he needs anything and he says, as long as I got my friends, nothing can hurt me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like it's those moments that remind you why people in their 30s like us are still returning to the show time and time again. Right. It, now, there was one thing, though, it, tying into that that did that did seem kind of dated. Um, and that was the, the fact that in the beginning of the episode, Corey and Sean are are bullying the crap out of Minkus and Topanga. Oh, yeah. and it's funny. I mean, we're watching it. And it's like. That's how kids behave, but uh, nowadays they would never be allowed to write that into a show because you can't have the main characters bullying other characters. And I've, I, I'm, you know, it's kind of a bummer that you can't really do that anymore. And I guess it's good you don't want to teach kids to bully. Uh, but I just noticed that that's a thing that they really couldn't get away with anymore, and especially that you couldn't get away with it on something like the Disney Channel. So you never saw that sort of thing on Girl Meets World. They were always wholesome and. And uh, even uh, Farkle, who was the nerd, they they really were like you could. 
they started off where they weren't really friends with him and they, you know, they became friends with him, but they never bullied him like, like Corey and Sean did with these characters. And, uh, you know, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other, whether that's okay or it's good or, you know, it just is what it is because it's not that big of a deal, but it did sort of stick out to me as something that they couldn't get away with nowadays. Well, and it's interesting because it is such like a, it's so rare for a show to present you with two main characters whose like key traits are making fun of people because they're different than them. Like it's right. a weird, it's a weird way to get us on their side. Um, right. And and the thing is, is I you know you can't get that upset about them because they they never do it in a way that's really malicious. You know, and and at the end, like you said, there's that moment of of Sean sort of reaching out and saying Merry Christmas and accepting, you know, Minkus. And I think that you don't have that, the power of that moment without them bullying him earlier in the episode. Um, but I still think that you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to get away with it now. So yeah, it's kind of, it, I, you, but you lose that, you know? Um, so I'm not sure if you have anything. I think that that's pretty much all that I have written down here for like key moments that I want to bring up on the show. Uh, unless you have anything else that you wanted to add, I was going to ask you a little bit more about. I mean, you've covered a lot of it early on, but uh, uh, some of your Boy well, Meets World history. Uh, Boy Meets World history. Like I said, I started the show. I'm pretty sure I watched the pilot episode live, um, and. I uh, just grew up with the show. I mean, it wasn't my favorite show from the get-go. It's definitely one of those shows that was just sort of in the TGIF lineup. And I think, uh, you know, the show that I was watching at the time that really made me watch was Family Matters. Um, and But it quickly became my favorite show as the time went on. And a big part of that was just because I was desperately, hopelessly in love with Topanga. <laughs> um, and, you know especially like that season four episode where she cuts her hair. I mean, that's like a, a, a milestone, you know, in a young man's <laughs> life. Um, uh, but yeah, and I watched the show pretty much all the way through. And I thought that I had watched it through to uh, completion. Cause I know that I watched the finale. Um, but going back and rewatching it, which I did, uh, I actually did a, like a full rewatch prior to doing any podcasts or anything like that after they started releasing the DVDs. And I realized that in the last season, there were uh, quite a few episodes that I had not seen. Um, so I must have been sort of uh, falling off towards the, the very last season. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always been uh, one of my favorite shows uh, just because it's it's uh, it just makes you feel good to watch. You know, it's a very funny show and you can go back to it, um, you know, 20 years later and the jokes are still funny uh i mean all the jokes in this episode held up there was nothing that was dated or weird um the, the jokes were all funny uh it's just yeah it's just one of those things that you can go back and and now it's even better because you've got the nostalgia factor with it which is always nice you know yeah all right and the last question that i always ask is uh do you have like an all-time favorite boy meets world moment like an iconic moment for you uh, I can't say I have one because uh, I'm like I said I'm a big fan. So, but there's a lot of moments that stand out. One, you know, like I said, the the Topanga cutting her hair, um, the whole Corey Lauren situation. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I really liked was Corey dating. 
<laughs> I really like that stuff. Um, and I feel like they kind of cut that a little too short. I didn't get as into the Corey and Topanga drama, but I really liked Corey going on dates because they, they were, you know, they were always with um, interesting characters like uh, Harley's sister was one of them. Uh, you know, the, the really controlling yeah, girl that I, Sean went out with and Corey went out with. They both went out with her. I forget her name. I think she was actually portrayed, if I recall correctly, by Danielle Harris from the Halloween movies. Yeah, which is, I think you're right. Which yeah. is crazy that Danielle Harris um, was in Boy Meets World. But they kind of wrapped that stuff up really early. I think by season four, they were done with it completely. And it was just Corey and Topanga, which was fine. It was great because I love Topanga. But it, I did always enjoy those episodes. Um, but uh, like a big one is uh, – and this was like a season two episode where Corey and Topanga make uh, like a videotape or something. And they end up sleeping overnight at school. And, and you know, everyone's uh, – you know, talking about rumors between Corey and Topanga because they slept together, you know, and that was a season two episode. I mean, they were young in that. Yeah, uh, that was it. That was like season two or three. They, they were yeah. definitely young because that was still and, when Mr. Turner was there because it was for Mr. Turner's class. I remember that much. Yeah. And I, those episodes were huge for me because, you know, at the time I'm 12, 13, like not only is that really interesting to me, but it's my fantasy. You know, yeah. I, oh, there's a girl at school I'd love to stay over, you know, and work <laughs> on a project with or, you know, so um, it, it was great to project onto those characters and and, you know, uh, just sort of, like I said, grow up with them. It's, it's uh, it, was, it was a good ride. And uh, I do want to say one one quick tie-in because I absolutely love this show. I think it's probably the modern version of Boy Meets World in my mind. But uh, even though Girl Meets World is gone, uh, the actress who played Riley Matthews is uh, now a frequent cameo on The Goldbergs, which is uh, oh. a nice little her kind of blending what I think is kind of Goldbergs. I feel like is a is a slightly more adult modern day Boy Meets World. So. You know, having her on there just makes it all the better. <laughs> makes it even more like it's part of the canon. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't watched Goldberg's, but I get that impression from I, – I mean I've seen an episode or two, but I don't watch it consistently. But it, yeah, I do definitely get that vibe from it. And again, it's one of those 80s nostalgia shows that uh, has that extra layer of, of coolness. The first show I watched that had that for me was Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if you ever watched that, oh, yeah. but if you ever want just 80s nostalgia, yeah, that show. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks is – probably one of the most perfect single seasons of a TV show I've ever seen. It's yeah. it's so good at juggling the comedy and some like really heartbreaking moments of drama in it. So, yeah, absolutely if if any of you listeners have never seen Freaks and Geeks, you need to get on that. Every cast member in that show is so massively successful <laughs> right, and famous now. All famous now. <laughs> like, and they were all nobodies back then. But uh yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Um, I uh, before you... I get out of here, I, I will say that the, my website's still up. It's getacquainted.us, and it's got all of our podcasts on there. If you are doing a rewatch of Girl Meets World or anything like that and want to watch, you know, our episodes are up there. And actually, uh, we reviewed uh, this episode on there as well, comparing it to the season one Christmas episode of Girl Meets World. So, nice. And Girl Meets World's on Netflix, so you have no excuse not to watch the episodes and then immediately uh... – bounce on over to their website and listen to the episode on it. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Uh, I'll definitely be happy to have you back around season two for another episode. Sounds great. Hey, Mick. 
Thanks for putting my name on the card. Don't thank me. Your deadbeat friend finally paid back the money he owed you. What? It's okay. You don't have to cover for him anymore. He told me how you lent him $5, and he didn't give it back. Corey told you that? Yep, and he handed me five bucks. He gave you his five dollars? I guess his conscience finally got the better of him. Hey, Minkus. Merry Christmas. Really?